Hey everyone, welcome to episode 199, Day Detective. Meet our mom, Kelly Hutchison. She is a life coach. She is a child counselor. She is a teacher. She's a parent coach. And she's a mom to us. She will teach you to stop yelling at your kids. She will teach you to get your kids to lesson. She will teach you how to never sleep with mommy guilt again. She will teach you how to be an imperfect mom. So you can help your kids be imperfect too. And have harmony in the home. Before we get into today's topic, can we just take a moment of silence that we've been together for 199 weeks? Like, how is that even possible? I can't even do the math of how many years that is. It's a lot. Well, 52 weeks in a year, so it's not that hard to do the math, but I don't want to do it on the spot. So today's topic, you know, I like to title it cute things because when I was teaching first grade, if I gave a job in the classroom a cute title, the kids got so excited. Like if I was the, if I, instead of saying, okay, kids, we're going to pick up the litter, we're going to pick up this trash on the floor. And I would sometimes say like, you're going to pick up the litter and you're going to spell your name, spell your name backwards. Okay. Now spell Miss Hutchison's name, you know? And so I would do that. But if I called it like litter police or litter detective or the litter lady or the litter leader, I'm thinking of all these names now. It's the kids are like, I want to be the litter leader. Oh, okay. But if I say it's all about how you like sell it to the kids, so to speak. So I'd have a job chart and the job chart, the names were so cute. Instead of like line leader, it'd be like leader of the pack. Instead of the person back in the line, the door holder, I'd call, I like to call like door police or door guard, or a lot of times we called it the caboose and the kids would be so excited. So day detective is where that comes from. And this is all about when we're trying to find out about our kids day and they're like, fine, yeah, I didn't learn anything. Nothing go, nothing happened. It gets harder as they get older because they go into their shell a lot more as they get older. And so I saw this on Instagram. It was the greatest idea. I didn't think it would work with teens, but it did. And she talked about two, playing two truths and a lie with your kids. They tell you three details about your day and then you tell them, you have to guess which is the lie and then obviously the two truths. And so it's a really great way of opening up your kids and then you play it too of two truths and a lie. And I saw in the comment section, I was like, this is the greatest idea ever. And that's of course what I put. And then, and I wish I could remember who gave me this idea because it wasn't for my brain, but I will find out and I will tell you in the show notes or in a future podcast. And she got not slammed in the comments, but there's so many people that are like, you're teaching your kids to lie. Don't teach them to lie. And I, and I get that mindset, but also like you can adapt it. Now teenagers have more of a filter where they know the difference between telling the truth and telling a lie and right from wrong. So I get it for smaller kids that teaching them two truths and a lie, I guess it could encourage lying. However, I forget about having little kids. So this is the beauty of this podcast or anything you ever read or you ever hear or you ever learn. You take it in, you make it your own, and you have fun with it. When we're so black and white of like, oh my goodness, I'm going to teach my child to lie, then you can be like, you know what? Maybe I won't call it that. Maybe I'll call it fact versus fiction. If you have like a kid in like primary grades and they're always talking about fact versus fiction, they could tell you a, 
story about something that happened another day, and then you could say fact or fiction, or you could say true or false, or if they're real little, you could say thumbs up, thumbs down. And then the fun part is they get to learn about your day as well, hearing about all the silly things and the fun things and the frustrating things that happen in your day that normally they're not going to ask about. But when you turn anything into a game with kids, even when ourselves, with ourselves, when it's a game, it's a lot more fun. So I have learn so much and you also want to like play it cool especially if your kids are older like oh i heard about this cool game you want to want to play and then if they're into it you play more if they're not into it you play it once a week you play it a couple times a week one day i wasn't there after school when lily got home so i played it over text so like anything this is another tool to put in your toolbox you don't have to play it just like this with anything that you learn on this podcast or in life you want to listen make it your own and then create your own magic and connection with your child. It's important to let them know that life is kind of like a roller coaster and there are going to be highs and lows. And so when we talk about the highs and lows of every single day, then it normalizes it for them when they are 25 and above and their brain is crystallized and they're like, oh wait, this is part of the human experience. I'm supposed to have some sweet and sour days. I'm supposed to have some highs and lows. I'm, going, I'm supposed to have a 50-50 experience in life. And when you have the true 50-50 experience, then it allows you to feel it at a much deeper and broader level because you're not so scared of the lows and then you're not so scared of the highs of enjoying them. Like this too shall pass. It's true for both sides of the coin. Gives you a better understanding of the highs and lows and also to appreciate when it's in the middle too. It doesn't always have to be all high, all low. It can be in the middle too. And nothing has gone wrong. When something has gone wrong and our brain thinks that, then that's when the brain starts to panic. So I asked the Googles, my Google must be like, the things I Google sometimes are so random and so weird. But what I Googled was how to ask about your child's day without asking about your child's day. <laughs> it's kind of like when they say, tell me you love your dog without telling me you love your dog. And then there's like, you know, all, everyone posts all their pictures of their dogs, like sleeping in their bed and like going on trips with them and just how they're part of the family. So I loved, this was from TLC, which is, it says 10 questions to ask your child instead of how was your day? Now, are we going to ask them all of these questions? Absolutely not. Are we going to come from fear and lack when they get in the car and immediately ask them about the spelling test? Because when we're immediately asking about the spelling test, that probably is coming from fear and lack. And oh my goodness, you're going to fail out of school in first grade. And you think to yourself, oh my goodness, in first grade, you think, oh no, if she doesn't or he doesn't do well on the spelling test, then that means they're not going to do well in school. And then if they don't do well in school, then they're not going to go to college. And if they don't go to college, then they're going to be homeless. And they're going to be asking me for money when they're a 25-year-old and all because of a spelling test. Just watch your brain follow that thread of just keep pulling the string, pulling the string, pulling the string of what's behind the thought process and what's behind the question. Because a lot of times our kids can pick up on it. Kids are energy beings. They can pick up on all of our energy and all of our, our vibes, so to speak which we're always talking about. So we're not going to drill them with questions. It's more of a conversation. And when you make it into a game, it makes it a little bit more fun. And it's kind of like a, it's kind of like being a sneaky chef. Have you ever read that book? I love the book by, um, I think it's Jerry Seinfeld's wife and it's called the sneaky chef. And it's all about getting healthy ingredients into your kids' foods and doing it in, in a sneaky way, but not in a de devious way, like making brownies and adding flaxseed into their, brownies as an example. 
or making spaghetti and putting extra garlic because garlic's so such a good healing spice. So it's kind of like we're being a sneaky investigator by connecting with them. We're being a sneaky connector. So I love these examples and we don't ask them all. We just pick on one or two to put in our tool belt, but I'm going to give you them all. So I don't want you to get overwhelmed. Like, oh no, I have to, all these questions I have to ask them all. I can't remember any of them. So I'm not going to remember any of them. One time I, when the kids were little, I used to ask them who they sat with at lunch. And that was a very tangible way. When they're older, they can talk about their feelings and I felt this and then I felt that. Some kids are more in touch with their feelings than others. So don't judge it, just accept it as is. And when you have a soft, low judgment energy, then they're more likely to come out of their shell and open up a little bit more. And if they don't open up, that's okay too. Nothing has gone wrong. So 10 questions. What made you smile today? Oh, I like that one. And a lot of times when you ask the same question day after day, like what made you smile today or two truths and a lie, a lot of times they're going through their day and if they really like it, then they'll be thinking like, oh, that's something I need to remember for the game after school. Did you like your lunch? What did you have for lunch? Who did you sit with at lunch? Are we going to ask all three? Everyone's answering at the same time. No, we don't ask all three because no one likes to be interrogated and I can be an interrogator. That's also what I do on my day to day. So sometimes I can interrogate my kids and that's not fun. I don't like to be interrogated. Have you ever been to a dinner party and someone's just asking you all the things and you're like, why are you asking so many questions? Can we just like hang out? My sister calls it the Barbara Walters. She's like, sometimes we're together and you just Barbara Walters me. I'm like, oh my gosh, that's so annoying. I didn't realize I did that, but now I can see what you're talking about. Who'd you play with at recess? Or what did you play at recess? A lot of times if I ask Grady about his video games, oh man, does he open up? Not that he's playing video games at school, but you always want to connect on things that they're interested in versus things that we're interested in. Because we're interested in like chores and like what did you get in their achievements so we always want to put that in the back seat because unconsciousness usually comes out in three big buckets. And a lot of times your unconsciousness and our unconsciousness will come out for different kids for different things. So I see the main buckets it comes out of is behavior, grades, and or sports. Or I'll just say extracurricular because it could be banned. It could be not that band isn't a sport, but it could be underwater basket waving. Let's just put it that way. So grades, sports, and behavior, and sometimes different ages, different stages, it will come out differently. Like usually one will be in the front, there'll be a primary unconsciousness and then a secondary unconsciousness. And this happens even when you're conscious, you can still be conscious about your unconsciousness, if that makes sense. Like for one of my kids, I'm very unconscious about grades, but I'm consciously unconscious. So I have to constantly watch myself, if that makes sense. And another one I'm unconscious about their behavior. And so I have to be conscious about my unconsciousness to watch myself and catch myself. Don't wreck myself. Does that make sense? So it can be different per child if you have more than one child. And it can change over time too, where the, the primary will change over time when they're getting older, when they're getting, when they're really young, like when they're really young, you're not even thinking about grades, but you might be thinking about, Oh my goodness, they don't know that many sight words before they even go to preschool. So that might be something that comes up unconsciously. Just be aware of it. We don't want to judge it. We don't want to be mad at it. We just want to be aware of it and be like, huh, I wonder where that's coming from. And then follow that thread to see where it stems from. A lot of my unconsciousness when they were learning to read, that was really a big one for me. And I, I ran the thread and I kept pulling the string, pulling the string to see where it was 
what was detonating it so much? And it was because the first grade teacher and me like, whoa, I got to teach them reading. So when they're two years old, I got to put on the high pressure. We got those DVDs called baby can read. And I was like, we're going to watch this every day for 20 minutes. And they're so just be aware of it. And I was super unconscious. So then the energy behind it could be doing flashcards with a frenetic energy when we're unconscious, but when we're conscious about it, we could still do the flashcards if that's something we choose to do. But the energy behind it is much more playful and fun, not so triggered if they don't remember the word the, because they can't sound it out at two years old. Now, does a two-year-old need to know the word the? But no, that's just an extreme example I'm using to show how crazy our ego can get, especially with our kids, because we think that we're somehow trying to create this protege that has wonderful, perfect behavior. Their grades are always awesome and they're always excelling at their extracurricular, but that's not humanly possible. So we try to create like this protege of a robot. And then when that doesn't happen in the area that we're most unconscious, that's where we get triggered and our reaction comes from. So just being aware of it, giving ourselves grace and compassion, then we give ourselves grace and compassion and we allow our kids to have grace and compassion too. And we teach them about that. And I love the mantra, what's meant for our kids will not pass them. I say that a lot because to myself, because a lot of times if they don't get into the dance academy that we wanted when they were three years old, we think, oh no, they're not going to get in college for dance now. If dancing is in your background, let's just say. So just know that what's meant for them will not pass them. Just keep saying that to yourself over and over because the brain is freaking out for an imaginary reason. So we just talk it off the ledge. We just calm it down with nice, reassuring energy and reassuring tone. Did you catch anyone doing something funny today? What did you like best about your day? Was there anything that happened today that made you feel bad? What was the most interesting thing that you learned in school today? Did you do anything different or new today? What was the most difficult thing you did today? What made you feel proud of yourself today? See how these questions are all focused on feelings? I love that because then it's very expansive and then they can ask you too the same questions. So be ready for examples because a lot of times they're like, what are you talking about? I don't know about feeling proud of myself. What? No, I'm, more, I'm thinking mommy and daddy are proud of me for X, Y, Z. I feel proud of myself. I didn't know that. So then you want to model how you did something that day to make you feel proud of yourself. So then you're going to realize like, whoa, this is really hard for me to talk nicely about myself to someone else because it comes across as bragging or it might be you've beaten yourself up for so many years that it's hard to look at the good in yourself. So once we find more of the good in ourselves, we're able to project that onto our kids and see that in them. I like this one. This article goes into what five questions to ask your preschooler. Now these are much smaller because we have smaller kids. So they have smaller brains as far as they're not developed. The prefrontal cortex is like so super vulnerable. What made you feel happy today? Who did you play with today? What did you eat at lunch today? What made you feel sad? What made you feel happy? What was your favorite activity? And if they're not sure, you could say, do you like when you're in math class or do you like when you're in math centers or reading centers more? And they're like, I like reading. Oh, really? How come? Oh, yeah, me too. I felt like that too when I was your age. So connecting on the emotions is a huge way to build that wall of love versus a wall of she's judging me, he's judging me, I'm going to shut down. Because if you've ever been judged by someone, does it make you want to share more with him or her? Absolutely not. Our kids are the same way. Our kids are just smaller versions of ourselves with the undeveloped brain. So put these tools in your tool belt, put them in your pocket, pull them out as needed. If this is an area you want to connect with them. And if it's not an area that you really want to connect with, or it's not really, then you can not really a way that your kids are opening up, then just go 
watch them for a day and see what they're interested in and then ask them about that, buy books about that, suddenly become a Jeopardy champion in that category, whatever it is. And that's how you're going to be a secret detective and be a sneaky detective to connect with them at the heart level. Cause when you can connect at the heart level, children feel safe. And when they feel safe, they drop their walls and you build connection. And when you have connection, you have cooperation. I love you guys. And I'll talk to you next week. Bye-bye. Hey mamas. Thanks for listening. If you had any ahas, clicks, or those lightning bolt moments while listening, you have to check out my free parenting bootcamp where we take all of this to the next level. And we try to create even more awakenings for ourselves so that we can connect more with our kids and never yell at them again. You can sign up at www.coachingkelly.com. And if you really want to fill up my love cup, send me an email of what your aha was, what your click was, what was that lightning bolt moment while you were listening. I want nothing more in life than for you to have harmony in your home and to learn how to be an imperfect mom like me, which allows your kids to be imperfect too each and every day. Thanks for listening.